Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of All Queued Up, your review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, etc., etc., etc. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Maya Don Fisher. How's your week been? Oh, my God. It's my been... It was on Monday. My birthday was Monday. Yeah, thank you um, for reminding me. Um, <laughs> yours is yeah. what? Tomorrow? Uh, day no, after tomorrow, Friday. That's right. Yeah, it's Wednesday. I couldn't remember what day it was because uh, yesterday uh, we went to Charlottesville, uh, which is basically almost dead center of Virginia. Uh, but because I live on the taint of Virginia, um. It's a five-hour drive. Gross. What, the taint of Virginia or the five-hour drive? Little column A, little column B. Oh, but it's okay. mostly the five-hour yeah. five drive because well, you know, road, road tripping that long is, I don't like it. Well, yeah. I don't mind road tripping as long as... You don't have to do a round trip in a day. We did a round trip in a day. Um, so it was five there, five back? Well, no, not exactly. Um, it was six there because we stopped for breakfast and then we stopped for gas and then we had to stop to pee. Uh, and... The thing is, Misty tried to stop. Uh, well, we stopped and got Burger King for breakfast because I love a croissant sandwich. Absolutely love a sausage and cheese croissant sandwich. Mm. Uh, we left at 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, stopped at Burger King in Abingdon. Got some breakfast. And then a couple hours up the road, up, up Interstate 81, uh, Misty stopped to get some gas. And I wanted some more coffee. Uh, they didn't have any coffee at this gas station. They didn't have fountain drinks at this gas station. And the, the fucking gas pump wouldn't accept her debit card. So I was like, okay, we'll just go to the next pump, the next station. So a little bit up the road, she stops in another station. And all the pumps are full except one. She pulls into the pump. She gets out. She's getting ready to start pumping gas. There's an error code on the fucking screen. So she goes inside to see the cashier. The cashier can't get the error code to clear off the screen. So we can't get gas at this gas station. And it's coffee was fucking Jesus horrible. Christ. So third time's a charm, right? She's been sitting there all day. It's like burnt. Well, yeah. We don't know how long it had been there, but we got gas at the next station. It was fine. Uh, but yeah, after multiple stops like that, uh, we got to the campus of University of Virginia at noon on the dot so it was literally like six hours because we had like four fucking stops in those six hours 
had we not stopped, we would have made it in five hours, no problem. Yeah. Uh, but it was 298 miles. Uh, uh, went to my appointment. The appointment was slated to start at 1245. Well, I, it, was, it was scheduled for one, and I had to be there at 1245 for, you know, check-in, you know, pre-check-in. Uh, went to, got in there at 1245, got checked in. Uh, had my appointment. The appointment ended at like 215. Uh, and then we get, we're like, okay, at this point, we're all very hungry because we hadn't eaten since. Misty didn't eat at all before we left. We had all been up since four in the morning. Uh, this is Misty, me, and our friend Natasha. She went with us to help Misty drive. Uh, in case Misty got too tired. Uh, we had all been up since four in the morning. We left at six. We hadn't eaten since 7.30 in the morning. So here it is. It's now almost 2.30 in the afternoon. We're like, yeah, we're pretty hungry. Now, Misty didn't eat any breakfast. Uh, so she's getting ravenous. And I was like, all right, well, let's find a restaurant. And she's like, well, let's just get something on the interstate. Oh, okay. Well, getting routed out of Charlottesville was uh, there was an accident on 64. So it had to route us around the accident. And the route that it sent us on almost caused an accident. <laughs> Because it was this narrow-ass two-lane side road that would feel right at home here. But for a college town like Charlottesville, you know, it's unexpected. Um, but, yeah, regardless, we stopped uh, we, uh, about half an hour down the road, got some Wendy's. Uh, and we just stopped and sat there and ate. And then came home, and of course, a couple of times, we stopped and got gas on the way back. And I swear, Misty, for some reason, knows how to pick a gas station, because this pump was fucked up, too. Uh, oh, we stopped at a, we stopped at a Circle K gas station uh, outside of Withville, uh, Virginia. And it was the weirdest thing. You've you've seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, correct? Yeah. Yeah. When they're in the parking lot and they say something strange is afoot at the Circle K. Um well, this was appropriate because, you know, as our listeners know, I'm an amputee. Don't have a big chunk of right leg. Um there was a lady there pumping gas who didn't have a left arm. Like, no fucking arm at all. Completely sheared off at her shoulder joint. Wow. I was like, huh. Yeah. Then, here comes a fucking man. You know, relatively young. Obviously got a fucked up back, and he's hobbling in on a fucking cane. Then, here comes somebody else rolling up in a fucking wheelchair, and I'm just looking around, and I was like, something strange is a foot of the Circle K, because it's fucking Cripple Central, you know? 
And I can say that because I am a cripple. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we ended up getting back home at nine o'clock last night. Um, fucking 15 hour round trip. Uh, and it was exhausting. Yeah, Natasha drove the last yeah. three hours of the way home. Um, but yeah, it was an exhausting trip, but a very good trip. Uh, a very productive trip. You know, answers, questions answered and goals set for the next step and uh, transition. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you more about that off air because, you know. Hey. Yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, uh, Monday being my birthday is relatively shitty day. Uh, nobody in my family at all contacted me at all. Jesus. To tell me. Nobody. Uh, yeah. Pretty shitty. It's fucked up. Mm. It is fucked up. But oh well. What about you? Uh, how's your uh, week been? It's been normal. Uh, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, I. Uh, I mean, it's it's a lot of work this last two weeks because uh, my boss was like out of on vacation and. Uh, Again. And now he's getting his RV repaired this week, so days that off requires again. him to not be in the office. Yeah, yeah, because well, because well, I mean, vacation obviously, but the other one of uh, um, the RV, his RV was is what his, I mean. What's that? That's what I mean. The RV's re repairs require him to not be in the office again because he has he has to drive it to Oregon. Okay. Oh. Yeah, because well. uh, the manufacturer is in Oregon and it's a manufacturer error. Like basically, the sides of his RV pop out, like they pull mm -hmm. out, and mm -hmm. one one wasn't pulling out all the way. It was like he couldn't get shit out of his fridge. So, um, oh, that would be something that would really piss me off if I had an RV that had the pop out sides and the one side wouldn't pop out and wouldn't allow me to get things out of the refrigerator. Right. So. <laughs> I mean, That's, what's the whole point of having an RV? Right. Well, because of that, like, he's had to be... So it's just been me and Linda this, like, pretty much these last two weeks. But I did tell him on Sunday, because um, he came back on Sunday, I had to give him a ride home, and I, that's when I did tell him that the Texas, the move to Texas is happening. Oh, yeah? He seemed to be fine. Like, he wasn't mad about it. He wasn't upset. Like, he didn't... Like, the reaction that everyone else gave, I guess... Like, or told me it was going to happen, didn't happen. He just kind of asked why and then misunderstood me when I told him that, like, my brother bought the house and then I'm taking care of my parents. He misunderstood that and he goes, well, I guess you're babysitting again. And I, he goes, babysitting from one to the other. And I went, uh, I, I guess, I mean, I mean, I'm just going to be taking care of my folks. So, and he was like, oh, wait, your folks are going? I said, yeah, all of us are going. He's like, oh, all of you are going. And you have to take care of your brother too? And I went, no, no, no. He just bought the house. He's... He works for a trucking company. He just won't be there often enough. He's like, oh, okay, I got you. So you're just basically doing the same thing there that you would be here. I said, yes. That was it. That was the, the fucking long and short of it. Huh. So, 
Maybe I could have told them earlier. I don't fucking know. But, uh, but yeah, the, I mean, it's just it's been just well, a lot of work. I don't think you should have told him any earlier than you did because I'm under the impression that had you told him earlier, you probably wouldn't have that fucking car that you got for free. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. But the the, the other reason that I told them is because um, there's a new U-Haul center that opened up down the street from us, like about three miles down the street. Mm-hmm. And they took a like, took lot like of half trucks. <laughs> so we had a very busy Saturday. Literally, at one point, everything on our lot was gone. Everything. He still only made $2,000 on Saturday. Now, keep wow. in mind, he has, to, he has to... That was 2004 he only, keep, he only gets to keep like 5% of that, don't he? Uh, 5%. Still not a lot. And he was looking at the numbers, and he was like, I can't afford to pay rent. I can't afford to, do, to, uh, to pay... You and Linda, like he was straight up saying that. He's like, "What needs to fucking happen is that Sam, who owns the the lot where the store, the the RV storage and everything else is, he needs to hire Steve as a manager, and Steve wants two thousand a month, and then keep me and Linda as regular hourly employees." But he's worried that Sam's not going to do that. He's worried about me, and I go, "Don't worry about me." And that's when I told him to move to Texas, happening. Oh, okay. So there was a reason behind it. The fuck is up with this cup? Oh, there's something there. Um, but uh, but I think in the long run it's good. You know, like I can I can give him a two week notice without him going what the fuck. So, but yeah, it's uh, that's about it. I mean. My parents have been making more and more progress on packing shit up around here, and we have a plan. You know, my dad and I we start we start home dialysis classes tomorrow. So yeah, that that's be... that's gonna be. Whew. Yeah, well, he cracks me up because it's been established like they know that my dad can't afford dialysis, right? So we have to use, um, essentially programs to facilitate that because what they want is 1200 a month that's insane yeah so he was like i have to write basically a paragraph as to why and i go oh okay so tell him why (laughs) and i tend to forget that my dad is really bad with words like just in general bad with words um he doesn't you know how most people have that part of their brain that comes up with what they want to say and then it comes out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. That doesn't exist in him. <laughs> um, so when it comes time to sit there and go, okay, what do I need to say? He starts overthinking it. He starts overthinking like it has to sound professional. It has to be like this and da, da, da. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It's a, it's a letter explaining why you have financially, in a place where you cannot afford 1200 a month, but you need the service because you'll die. Yeah. Like that's as simple as it gets. So what do you say? Oh, I, I, I don't know, Greg. I just don't know. And I'm like, okay, I, we're going to do this as if you're in 11th grade and you have to write, write a cover letter. What's a cover letter? Oh boy. Um, 
We're going to do this like you're in seventh grade. (laughs) I go, I want you to make a list of all the expenses that we have to pay a month here. Okay. Okay. So the first thing I want you to write on your list, though, is that you're on a fixed income. It was okay. Now, I'm sitting there thinking, like, if I was doing this, I'd go, bullet, fixed income. He just goes, I am on a fixed income. <laughs> and I went, no, you didn't have to write all that. This is the, we're, just, we're just making a list. He was like, oh, okay. So we start doing the whole list. And I said, now, how do you think you'd present that list to somebody in a paragraph? I, 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 don't, I don't know, Greg. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So I literally took the list from him and I very slowly, like kind of a couple words at a time, basically wrote out a paragraph for him. And he was like, I don't know how you and Josh do this. Like, it's crazy how you do his words. And I'm suddenly going, it's, it's, it, to me, it's not that difficult. To me, it's not that hard, you know, but to him, it is, it is a fucking hurdle. So, but, uh, but yeah, other than that, you know, and, um, well, folks, you know, let's jump into the next thing here. So we're going to be reviewing two things, reviewing two things today. We got the finale of the Mandalorian season three finale, which I didn't realize was the finale until like, I want to say Sunday. And I saw Disney tweet out like the finale this, this Wednesday. And I'm like, wait, what? Cause I just wasn't paying attention to episode numbers. Cause they're all in chapters. So had it said episode eight, it might've dawned on me, but, um, and we're also going to review the first three episodes of the marvelous Miss Maisel on Amazon prime. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, Maya and the kindness of her heart of her heart got me a, uh, birthday gift. I did. I did. Although it's very dark in your room. I mean, there's not a whole lot I can do about that. Yeah. Cause this fucking laptop camera is weak. So we're going to go ahead and open it. And if you're listening on, uh, if you're listening to it and not watching it, you can head over to the YouTube channel and watch me open this live. Can you hear every sound I'm making on this box with the knife? Yeah, but it's not unbearable. That's good. I just, I want the listeners to be able to hear it too. All right. It is open. I have not seen this. Holy shit. Hell yeah, boy. I, you know what's funny about this, Maya? What's Nobody that? See it. Wait the fuck a minute. Okay, so. <laughs> hell yeah. Oh, that's dope. I wanted both of these. <laughs> so the first one here, folks, if you can't see it, is a combo set. God damn it. Of. Uh, Leo and Donnie as Power Rangers, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers combo cross set. And Donnie is is a Black Ranger. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. I knew you wanted it very much, and I know you had it on pre-order last year, and then you had to cancel it. And then I was sitting there thinking, hmm, what could I get him this year? And I was like, oh, yeah, 
So I went and saw if they had them in stock, and they did. And what's fucked up, three days after I ordered it for you and it was shipped out, they put it on half-price sale. Of course they did. I was like, those cock smooches. Uh, the other thing that Maya got me is this uh, fun 87-style Donnie. It's kind of shiny, but... He has two good. different faces. He has business time and party time, is what I'm going to call him. Okay. And two different styles of hands and a piece of pizza. Oh, he's also got something else in there, too. I'm going to crack this bad boy open, though. Um, what I was going to say about the Power Rangers part is that new Power Rangers movie on uh, Netflix just came out today. Was it today it came out? Yeah, well, I didn't know it did either until I saw a tweet by Netflix, and I was like, oh, fuck. I watched about five minutes of it, and I was like, yep, this is as corny as I thought it was going to be. Oh, really? Is it that corny? I mean, because here, let's be honest. Were any of the original Power Rangers good actors? No, not at all. So, we're going to have them act again. (laughs) Well, what, two of them? No, there's there's a bunch of others. It's of the original two. Yeah, yeah. It's actually kind of fun. The very opening of it is a bit rough, and they're like, "Ooh, that feels a little off." But I don't want to spoil it for anybody who has not had a chance to watch it. Boy, this is gonna be all crinkly fucking noises when I apologize. Is it? There we go. No, that's just broken. Oh, there we go. shells on microphone suck. Yeah. So what is this? Oh, it's so I can put it on his back. Oh, his bow staff? Yeah. A little adapter to go on his shell. I'm trying to put it on there, but there we go. I had it upside down. Come on. Get up on in there. Get up on in his shell. For anybody that doesn't know, I collect Donatello action figures, and the collection is ever-growing. <gasps> That's okay. Just one of the hands fell. I'll do. pick that up. I prefer... <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> Before I put it on there, Long neck. Oh. So you got the smiling face. Yep. Eh. Damn it. Eh. (laughs) That's tough. Yeah. Sometimes it helps to, uh, like if you have trouble, uh, sometimes it helps to run hot water over the joint that you're trying to put in so it expands a bit. His his back is loose. Yeah, well that's not a high quality action figure. It's just got a ball joint back there. It's meant to do that, I think. Oh, okay. Thought I had it. 
I decapitated my dad. Anyway, while I'm fucking with this, let's go ahead and uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and review. Uh, we're gonna start with uh, what do you want to start with? Marvelous Miss Maisel, and then end on. Uh, yeah, we can do that. So this is the fifth and final season of the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, the episodes, uh, we got the first three episodes. The first one was called Go Forward. The second one's called It's a Man, 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 Man World. And the third one was called Tapos and Torsos. Now, this season we've seen something completely new uh, that we've never seen before in the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. This episode opened; the first episode opened up with a flash forward, uh, set in 1981 at Cambridge, Massachusetts. We see a young woman telling her therapist she wants to work through her mother-related issues. She mentions her grandfather was the only person who understood her, and her mother's 4 a.m. phone calls are annoying. Eventually, it's revealed that the woman is Esther Maisel, Midge and Joel's daughter, now a brilliant scientist working on her Ph.D. Then the episode goes back to the present time setting of 1961 i'm wanting to say or 1960 or 61 i can't yeah 61 61 yeah it is 61 so following lenny bruce's carnegie hall performance midge suffers from hypothermia after walking home in a blizzard while recovering midge admits of being wrong about rejecting opening acts and tells uh susie that she'll always trust her advice at thanksgiving dinner Moish and Shirley shock everyone by saying they're moving uh, or they're divorcing over Moish's refusal to retire after his heart attack. Goaded by his father, Joel announces he and May are getting married and expecting a baby. After the dinner, May returns from Chicago saying she ended the pregnancy and is breaking up with Joel to pursue her medical career. A drunk and distraught Joel causes a scene at his button club, then in the basement gambling den, getting himself beaten up. Midge bumps into Lenny, who is moving to Los Angeles. Meanwhile, Abe notices the recent odd occurrences, which Rose attributes to match to the matchmaking mafia. Uh, the, when the Wolford Burlesque Club reopens, Midge fears bombing on opening night. After a shaky start, she gives a great performance. Susie spots TV talk show host Gordon Ford in the audience and convinces him to hire Midge as a staff writer for his show. Susie says this will be Midge's big break. Now, <clears throat> those are just, you know, the main plot highlights. points, highlights of the episode. But the actual scenes, uh, the dinner scene specifically was hilarious. Oh, yeah. I think I texted you. I was like, I was like whoever decided to write, let the audience be a fly on the wall during this uh, New York Jewish Thanksgiving. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, do you think we're going to see any more Lenny Bruce in this season? Probably not, but I think there's a chance that we will, but it'll be a flash-forward sequence. Maybe. 
When did he die? 64. Oh, then maybe not. Well, I feel like the end of the season will be a situation, or towards the end of the season will be like... Because what, what I'm thinking how the show's going to go is that eventually uh, Midge is going to go to L.A. That her her relationship with Susie is going to sour because Midge wants to go to LA. Uh, I have some theories, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that here in a minute. But I think when Midge goes to LA, she's going to meet up with Lenny. All right. So episode two, it's a man, 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 man world starts with another flash forward. Uh, we see Midge being interviewed by Mike Wallace on 60 Minutes, who recounts her journey from the Gaslight Cafe to Comedy Star, her controversial nature at times, having multiple marriages, uh, and being very promiscuous, uh, her being an Emmy and a Grammy winner. Esther is also interviewed, though she seems uncomfortable talking about her mother. It's revealed that Susie and Midge are no longer friends, but Susie is a very successful Hollywood manager. As Midge sorts through her many garments being auctioned for charity, she recalls the outfit she and Susie chose for her first day working at the Gordon Ford show. Which, set back in 61, we see her picking out the outfit and how she had spent hours laboring over the multiple choices and Susie just did it in five seconds. Uh, so she begins working as a comedy writer on the Gordon Ford show, but finds the male dominated environment difficult. She runs into Silvio, the married man she once slept with. And he clarifies that he and his wife were already separated and living apart when she caught them in bed. And they're now divorcing. She seemingly forgives him. Uh, Abe interviews a woman for the village voice, but is uncomfortable when she acts flirtatiously. Rose is shocked that her tea room, where she meets her matchmaking clients, were completely destroyed. was completely destroyed in a fire. She suspects the other matchmakers are responsible. Meanwhile, Joe tells Midge about him and May. Midge continues performing nightly at the Wolford. Uh, so that's a rundown for episode two. Yeah, and I have. Is, uh, go ahead. I, I well, the theory on you know why I, I like your theory on why Midge and Susie are no longer friends in the future. Um, I hadn't really given it much thought as to why, uh, but I, I do have a theory, and I'll touch on that in the next one. Uh, what were you going to say about this episode? Uh, this episode was, it just kept moving the story forward. There was a few moments that were pretty entertaining. Um, uh, it kind of felt like these three episodes were meant to be watched in one lump sum, not, yeah. not a week to week thing, because it seemed to matter a lot of what was going to happen into the, in, into the next episode. But, um, I liked, I liked the the cold open for the first episode with Midge's mm-hmm. daughter. Um, but I really liked the cold open for this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, we see that she did make it big. 
you know. Um, <clears throat> but at the cost of basically her best friend. Yeah. I mean, that's... Oh, sorry, that's setting up for something very important. I think it is, and is that is that where your theory is? Uh, well, I'm I'm going to get there. Um, so the third episode called "Typos and Torsos." Midge is. Or, this one didn't start with a flash forward. The flash forward was cut in. Uh, Midge is elated when one of her jokes is finally used in Gordon Ford's opening monologue, but she audibly groans when he flubs it during the taping, offending Ford. Her attempting to apologize leads to a public argument. Uh, Rose seeks Susie's help in dealing with the matchmakers. When Frankie and Nikki get involved, head matchmaker Benedetta is arrested for the tea room fire. She proposes a truce, saying matchmaker Molly had a shock-induced fatal heart attack, matchmaker Miss M is in hiding, and matchmaker Geta fled to Argentina. Shirley and Moish are separately uh, disrupting Joel's nightclub. Joel finally tells his parents about May. Shirley's grief over losing a grandchild leads to her and Moish to reconcile. Abe spirals into distress after misspelling Carol Channing's name in an article requiring a printed correction and leading him to give young Ethan a frightening pep talk. While still fearing being fired, Midge attends an office party where Ford unexpectedly tries to kiss her. Susie wanders into Ford's office and is shocked when she recognizes a photo of his wife. Now, the flash forward was cut in uh, about 10 minutes into the episode. And it flashes forward to 1984 Israel, a 29-year-old Ethan Maisel working in, uh, in a field while also studying to be a rabbi. He's displeased when Midge arrives by helicopter, merely to remind him they're attending a benefit dinner in Tel Aviv that evening. Uh, he surprises her when he introduces his fiance Hava, a dour military veteran, and expresses disappointment that Ethan never said he was engaged. As Midge departs, Hava bluntly tells Ethan she dislikes his mother, to which he replies, well, she is my mother. <laughs> I've got a theory, but I want to hear your thoughts about this episode before I get to that. Um, I really liked it. It, it, it. That scene with Ethan in the future told me that Midge essentially turns into the person that she disliked the most in her career. And yeah. that was um, Susie. Not Susie, but uh, Sophie Loren. Loren, Loren, whatever, Sophie. Uh, she became that prima donna. Prima, sorry, prima donna. Um, yeah. She, she's so in her own head that she's she's become something she kind of vowed to not be and she can't see it um i think that is paramount to the kind of character that she's becoming there's a lot of moments in the show that susie and this is throughout the entire show where susie Basically has to tell Midge, hey, bitch, you're being fucking real selfish right now. Yeah. 
And it seems like with an ego that she's clearly developing, this is going to be a thing. Yeah, yeah. I think you're gonna I think you're gonna see a real swerve in her character and her lockability this season. Um but you're familiar with uh like there have been famous musicians that have died in plane crashes. Yeah. I think we're going to see Midge die this season in a helicopter crash. Why a helicopter crash? Because she has a private helicopter. See, I'm on board with we're going to see her die. I think her and Susie are going to be reconciling or having a fight uh, and both be aboard a helicopter. And something happens, and it goes down, and they reconcile in the moments before their death. I don't love it. I don't love it either, but I think that's what's going to happen. Because what what I'm hoping to see is a midge develop cancer. Ooh. In her older age. Maybe. And that's when she's going to try to start doing the reconciling. Okay. And, and there's going to be pushback. There's going to be people who are going to say good riddance. Yeah. <clears throat> Susie being one of them. Oh yeah. So that's, that's what I'm kind of leaning towards. I hear you. Uh, you never know. You never know. No, you don't. But I know I've been in love with this show since I was told about it and started watching it. Watched season one and then started watching season two when season two came out. Um, just absolutely love the show. And I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, there are nine episodes in this. Yeah. Uh, So it, it looks like we're getting two episodes or no one episode a week for the rest of the season. Yeah. So we're getting one Friday, the 21st, one, the 28th, then one, the fifth, the 12th, the 19th and the 26th of May to close it out. So, yeah. But, very, uh, uh, very interested to see how this plays out, where it goes, and how much we're going to end up disliking Midge, because you know you've always been rooting for, or you're supposed to have been anyway, and she's always had this likability about her. But there's definitely some dislikability. That has been sprinkled in here and there along the way. Yeah. But I think it's going to become heavy, heavy to the forefront. Well, I think that's, you know, that's what's interesting about a good story is that 
there have been a lot of shows, a lot of shows that I've watched where the uh, protagonist uh, becomes the bad guy or becomes uh, such a piece of shit that you just can't enjoy watching them or you do enjoy watching them, but you're like, what a fucking absolute garbage human being. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's it's not going to get to like me hating Walter White bad. Uh, but I don't like who I'm seeing in these flash forwards. Yes, yes, absolutely. And a side note, speaking of Walter White, yesterday they reloaded the sixth and final season of Better Call Saul into Netflix. So now the entire series is on Netflix. So I know. Uh, well, you know, it's one of those things where I'm time. I know. Well, when I get to Texas, I'm going to have a hell of a lot more time to watch things. Yeah. I'm still like all the Doctor Who's, Better Call Saul, um, fucking like there's there's so many fucking things I want to catch up on. Oh, yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm going to get to when I'm there because I'm going to have all that extra time. But yeah. I do. Well, yeah. How would you grade these first three episodes? A solid A. Uh, I don't think that they're A-plus material. I think that, are they good enough to want to, you know, like, are they good? Yes, absolutely. Are they on par with what we've seen in previous seasons? Not yet. But, you know, I think this season is building to a crescendo. And we have to get through the first few bits. It's like uh, our, our friend Andy has been wanting me to watch the show Succession. And I started watching it, and I'm kind of like, okay, this family is full of assholes. There's not a single likable character. You're just kind of watching this very rich media family try to backstab each other. And then a thing in episode seven happens. And I went, now I got to see what the fuck happens next. And then a thing in episode 10 happens. And I go, I really got to fucking see what happens next. I, I'm bringing this up because that's how I feel about these three episodes. Like, yeah, you're always in someone's corner when you're watching a thing. Now I'm watching this show in no one's corner. Maybe, maybe Abe's corner, but uh, even him, I find to be like in, in real life, I'd find him to be insufferable for the sake of a comedy bit. It's hilarious. Like when he was talking to Ethan, about sleeping in his own bed. Shit was that was so fucking funny. But that neurotic like way that Abe is would it irritate the fuck out of me in real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I can't say that I'm in anyone's corner as per, per se, but I am watching this happen. I don't want to call it a train wreck because it's not quite a train wreck. It's more like a like a like a car hit another car, but at the right angle to where the other car flipped one time. And, and landed like on its o- wheels and everybody's okay. Yeah. Kind of, and the other car and the other car was driven by clowns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's how I'm viewing the show right now. And I'm 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 in it. Like I'm in like we're obviously we're gonna review it, but it's not just because we're watching it to review it. I'm I want to see how this ends. Yeah. 
So, what about you? Oh, I I give all three an A each. You know, like you said, they're they haven't been the those stellar, incredibly wonderful uh, gems of episodes, but they're building towards something, and I think we're going to see probably our first real payoff of that next week. Uh, I just got a feeling the next episode's going to leave us like, holy shit. That's just, just a feeling that I have. Uh, when I say next week, I mean, you know, two days from now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really, really enjoying it. I like the, the addition of the future storyline being introduced and now we've got like okay 20 plus years of she's made it and you know at what cost and seeing the effects of that so i'm really enjoying that uh but yeah looking forward to more really enjoying this show and uh that's, that's all i got to say about it today yeah well, let's go ahead and move on over to the finale, season three finale of The Mandalorian. Yeah, chapter 24, titled The Return. Boy, this was action-packed as fuck. Yeah. Holy shit. <clears throat> uh, we see Bo-Katan and her reconnaissance squad retreating from the Imperial base. Upon returning to the Mandalorian flagship, Axe Wove sends the remaining Mandalorians to reinforce the planetary troops while he pilots the flagship into the Imperial base. Uh, Den Djarin escapes from the guards with the assistance from Grogu, and they seek out Moff Gideon. Uh, Den Djarin and Grogu discover cloning tanks filled with clones of Moff Gideon, and he destroys them all. With the help of R5-D4, after a lengthy skirmish between the Mandalorians and the Beskar-enhanced commandos within the base, Bo-Katan and Din Djarin make a final stand against Moff Gideon. <clears throat> Gideon gains the upper hand and demands that Bo-Katan give him the Darksaber. When she refuses to submit, he destroys the Darksaber by crushing it in Bo-Katan's hand with his uh, strength-enhancing armor. As Gideon targets Grogu, the fallen flagship destroys the base with the resulting blast consuming Gideon while Grogu protects uh, himself, Bo-Katan, and Din Djarin from the blast with a force bubble. After the battle, the Mandalorians restart the Great Forge at the heart of Mandalore. Din uh, formally adopts Grogu, who takes on the new name Den Grogu. As Den Grogu stares into the depths of the living waters, he sees the Mythosaur open its eyes. Afterwards, uh, he, uh, Din Djarin and Grogu take up honest contract work with Tarson, Carson Teva, and he retires to, the homest to a homestead on Navarro, as previously promised by Grief Karga, while IG-11 is rebuilt and made Navarro's new marshal. And we see a little closing shot of Din sitting on a bench with his feet propped up outside of his little home, and Grogu force playing with a frog in a little pond right next to their house. And it was a really satisfying little ending. <clears throat> yeah. But the action scenes, the battle, oh man, that was awesome. You know, here we have a 
butt ton of fucking Beskar wearing commandos that look like stormtroopers uh, finding, fighting a butt ton of Beskar, Beskar wearing Mandalorians, you know, all of them fighting with jetpacks in air, you know, aerial, aerial melee combat and aerial uh, ranged combat. It was cool. You know, we see Axwell was basically one man part, uh, one man piloting this uh, light cruiser and fighting off uh, tie uh, interceptors and bombers. And then it's just flaming husk of a fucking ship coming down and he pilots it into the fucking uh, base. I, there was a lot of cool shit happened in this episode. Really exciting. Some tense moments. There were the moments with, you know, Din uh, facing the Praetorian guards. Yeah. Uh, and grow, or, you know, the they came in while he was fighting off Gideon. And then they close off Grogu from him into another room. And you get the feeling like, oh, shit, either one of them could possibly die. Now, you don't think they are, but you get the feelings like, oh shit, they actually might kill them off. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where like the, Star Wars isn't gonna kill Grogu. There's no fucking way. Like nobody's gonna kill Grogu. But I'm like, ooh, Din might be in trouble here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, we see them hack up the fucking uh, IG11 or the IG12 body that Grogu's been using as a uh, mech suit and he is having to force hop away and force pushes way out of danger from these Praetorian guards. And then of course, you know, with the help of Grogu, Din is able to take out the Praetorian guards, but he couldn't have done it without Grogu's help. That's for sure. Uh, some very good timed force pushes and force pulls and things like that to help him get the upper hand uh, to where he could take them out. But yeah, man, this episode was a lot of fucking fun. You know, we've seen Mandalore reclaimed by the Mandalorians and Bo-Katan being recognized as the leader of the Mandalorians and the Mandalorian clans coming together, you know, uh, do you think we've seen the last of Moff Gideon? You know, we didn't see his dead body. We didn't see his dead body, but we it's also established that he had clones of himself. So, wonder if we'll see a Moff Gideon clone in the future. There's a chance. I mean, sure they we you know, he killed the clones in that room. Who knows what Moff has elsewhere? Exactly, exactly. We know he had the installation on Navarro. So we know he had uh, clones on a light cruiser. Yeah. You know? So, well, you know, the thing is that we learned about this season, by the way, is that the term the Mandalorian isn't just about Din, you know? No, no. It's about whichever Mandalorian they want to focus on. Whether it be Bo-Katan, whether it be, um, uh, what's his name? The one that was in charge of the other group who fought Bo-Katan. Oh, 
Axe Woves. Axe Woves, yeah. It could be it could be a story about Axe Woves. We mm-hmm. literally could have a story about any individual Mandalorian at this yeah. point. Because yeah. the term, here's the thing, the term Mandalorian is plural as well. It is an adjective, not a noun. Well, it's both. I mean, for the context of what my argument. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So next season of The Mandalorian doesn't have to be about Din Djarin. Well, we may not get another season of The Mandalorian. <clears throat> I thought of that too. Uh, because uh, Dave Filoni said in an interview uh, that it's uh, the story of at least Din Djarin and Din Grogu will culminate in a Mandalorian movie. Now, oh, that would be fucking dope. Okay. Now there is reportedly a fourth <laughs> season in development, but you know it may focus on Bo-Katan. Uh, I'm honestly down for whatever because yeah, I'm down for whatever because it's been fucking wonderful. Also, on a quick side note, I am trying so hard to goad some fucking idiots right now on Twitter. Oh boy. Uh, Budweiser put up an ad, but it's like it's mostly just a horse kind of running through different major cities' landmarks. Mm-hmm. Is it a Clydesdale? <laughs> yes, it is a Clydesdale. Mm. And the comment is exactly the comment section is exactly what you think it is. Oh. So I commented a bunch of fucking snowflakes in the comment section. You dumb fucks don't even realize you're helping them with free advertising. <laughs> So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I hope. I hope someone fuck. Oh boy, give it to me. Anyway, um, yeah, I I think this episode is a is a testament to the power of the Dave Filoni's writing and oh. and and who directed this episode? Uh, uh Rick. Uh, <coughs> John Favreau. No, Rick. Rick. Uh, uh Famuel. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Well, this team, this specific team that we're seeing right here, you know, with with Rick and Bryce and and Dave and and John and and it and uh, it's just yeah, it's John good. wrote it. Well, John this, wrote it and Rick directed it. Yeah, I mean they're they're just the top credit because realistically, like the writing staff is all those people together. Yeah. Um, but that's what makes it so good is that. They all know, a, they all have a direction. They all have a path. Um, I think we talked about it last week with uh, um, Star Wars Celebration was they um, they had a thing where, that's what, that's what I was trying to regain my thought. They talked talked about doing a new trilogy with Rey. And yeah. I said, what needs to happen with that, with those three movies is they need to have a cohesive through line for three movies. Yes. Yes. Um, and it's it's uh, abundantly fucking clear that intersects that intersects with Bulb, that intersects with all these characters that are going to have either their own shows or did have their own shows or were part of one show but then became a part of this show or whatever. 
that it's a shared universe and mm-hmm. they have exactly what the story they want to tell. That's why I keep telling my dad, we need to watch Rebels. We need to watch the last yeah. season of Clone Wars. He still hasn't even watched the fucking Tales of the Jedi. And I'm like, you are about to get Ahsoka's story from front to fucking back. Because Dave Filoni's fucking Force Child is an important part of this entire fucking story. So. Like, it's just, it is, it is too much fun. Star Wars right now is in a really, really, really good place. And yeah, it is. It makes me happy. It makes me very happy. Um, do I think that there needs to be more stories that exist outside of the fucking Skywalker saga? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but am I happy with this, like, in between six and seven storyline that's happening? Yes. I, I have said for years, and I know that there's been books, but like we needed a bunch of stories about the remnant of the Empire. Because you don't just kill off its two leaders and then expect an entire galaxy worth of fucking Imperial cruisers and troops and stormtroopers and bases and, and takeovers of planets to just suddenly disappear. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's fucking dope. Like, I saw a complaint online of like, how do you destroy a fucking lightsaber by squeezing? Like, could you not hear his fucking first off his 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 the suit servos? Yeah, the like, servos. You could hear them. You could tell in his movements. You know, it's not. Uh, the movements are very crisp and precise. They weren't, uh, you know, loose. They were tight, focused forceful movements you actually see the impact when he tries to do a striking downward punch on din jarn you see mm-hmm. the fucking steel flooring crack yeah when he punches it so you know that was there to imply that this armor has enhanced his strength yeah and and that that was a huge <clears throat> Sorry, my throat is dry as hell right now. I keep drinking water, but it's just not not hydrating. Um, it's just also a testament to like people don't pay attention. You know, they they were happy with the outcome, but certain things didn't make sense because they just weren't paying. Attention. Like, how did he crush the fucking dark saber? I'm like, dude, it was his suit that did it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> also, it's Star Wars. Shit like that can be fixed pretty fucking easily. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I'm 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 stoked for Ahsoka. I think you know when 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 does Ahsoka start again? August. Yeah. So when we're in when when we're in fucking Texas, my dad and I are gonna power through fucking rebels. I think we'll probably watch the the uh, last season of Clone Wars and then watch Rebels. I might try to watch the last season of Clone Wars with him here. Uh, then again, we got to watch the last season of Picard. So, I don't know. But, <coughs> fuck me. <coughs> Greg's done, everybody. 
Apparently, good lord. We're going to have to start a GoFundMe to save his throat. <clears throat> just super scratchy. Anyway, well, why don't we go ahead and call it there? Uh, before we get into the my, my outro bit, um, did you end up watching uh, Cocaine Bear? Not yet, no. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. I need to. I want to. Uh, we did just... uh, Sunday night? Yes, oh, we yeah. did Sunday night. I liked it a lot. So awesome. I think you'll enjoy it too. But um, so, but that is going to do it for us, folks. Uh, do it for us. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, next week, we're going to watch episode four of uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel, the last season. Um, and uh, on Hulu, the guys uh, uh, behind Broken Lizard who made um, Super Troopers and Beer Fest and what was the other? The Dukes of Hazard. Uh, well, they did Club it? Dread, uh, Puddle Cruiser. Uh, Puddle Cruiser was their first one, actually. But yeah, uh, Club um, Dread, <laughs> Super Troopers 2. Club Dread was not great. <laughs> not one of their best. Anyway, they have a new movie coming out to Hulu called Quasi. They did the Slamming Salmon. That one was bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I feel like they're they're bet they're batting about six hundred, you know, for quality versus you know terrible. Because let's be honest, Super Troopers and 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 Beer Fest are top tier comedies. Yeah. <clears throat> um. But that being said, they have a new movie called Quasi on Hulu, which we plan on watching. Hell yeah. Uh. But yeah, that's uh, that's it for our notes. Um, guys, make sure you follow us on all socials, which are going to be listed down below. Uh, if we add anything or if something changes, that's where we'll try to communicate that. Um, <clears throat> also, uh, that's where the updates will come in on when new episodes are out. So go follow that. Um, any of them down below. <coughs> Apparently, my throat was hit by Wolverines. Um, hmm. It won't stop. It won't stop. It's just there. Uh, check out our Teespring store. If you're looking for some uh, nice summer gear, uh, you can find that over there with our logo and our faces on it. And then when people go, hey, what the fuck's that? You go, oh, it's this cool podcast I listen to. And then we can get more viewers. Plus, if uh, if you buy something and you want us to uh, give you a shout out, send us a picture. Post it on social media. Tag us. And we'll uh, we'll give you a quick little, little thanks. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for being awesome. A uh, little, smooch, little smooch through the internet. <clears throat> Uh, and all those proceeds go directly into the podcast to make it as best as we possibly can make it. Uh, that's it for my notes. Maya, where can folks find you? I think you can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile. It's linked to my Twitter and Instagram accounts. So it's uh, your one-stop shop to see everything that I'm up to. What about you, Greg? Where can people find you? Uh, Chub Rock Geek on all social medias. Every single page. Um, I uh, you can also find me like in t- att- attentively watching Kings games, the playoff games right now because it's been 17 years since my team's been in the fucking playoffs, so I'm all about it. Um, <clears throat> that's it. That's it for those notes, guys. Again, uh, marvelous Miss Maisel, Quasi. Go check those out. Join us next week. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Always remember. Fuck the GOP. Fuck the NRA. Donate and help where you can. 
and we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. <laughs>